several years ago, God gave me a dream. And in this dream, a woman was in great peril, and she had no idea that she was. There was a stagecoach being pulled by four black horses. There was no one driving the stagecoach. It was totally out of control. The horses were racing toward the edge of a cliff. This woman looked out the window of the door of the stagecoach, and she had long, curly hair and a silly smile on her face. She had no clue that destruction was upon her. I feel that's what people are like today as they demand their rights to do do biblical sins. Their rights to commit adultery, their rights to commit a fornication, to live with mates, with men living with women, women living with men in sex without marriage. Fornication. Their right to have sex with prostitutes. Their right to do what they want to do and brag about it even and live openly. The rights of all the sexual perverts, homosexuals, lesbians, all of the sexual sins that God talks about in the Bible, where he calls it vile affections, Romans chapter 1, verse 26, racing to destruction. But we, the elect of God, know these things are sins in the eyes of God, because they are written in the New Testament Bible for all to see. Many churches go along with these sins because they want to be popular with the world. They want to seem reasonable to the world. They want big crowds to come to their churches. They think even that they might save some of them, when in fact it pollutes the church. A little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. 1 Corinthians 5. The church is to be pure and without guile, and yet they invite sinners into the church without repentance and without even telling them the sins according to the Bible. If we are going to be a friend to the world, then we become the enemy of God as we lend our support to the people of the world and to the people in the churches who are committing sins of the world. Either way, we become an enemy of God. James chapter 4, verse 4. Ye adulterers and adulteresses, know ye not that the friendship of the world is enmity with God? Whosoever, therefore, will be a friend of the world is the enemy of God. So if you're going to approve people of the world in their sins, you become an enemy of God. Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God.
We know the will of God by the Holy Spirit who dwells in us as he shares scripture with us. For the Holy Bible, the New Testament Bible, shows us the will of God in the situations pertaining to this present life so that we might go in the will of God and also so that we do not support the evil of the world. Every time we turn on our TV set, we see doctrines contrary to the doctrines of Christ. We see the approval of sins of this world. Every time we turn on the TV, I see it. Every time I turn on a television newscast, I see the sins of the world being held up before my face. I see people demanding that they have a right to do things that I know are biblical sins. They may not know they're biblical sins. They may just think they have a right to do these things. But we who read the Bible know these are biblical sins. And what they are asking for is a right to do biblical sins and basically to be damned. We cannot support these sins. We cannot even allow them to consider that we agree with them. This is a hard role, but it's not any harder than Paul had as he was persecuted by the Jews and showed the Jews their sins. Let's review some of the things that are ways of God. For anything contrary to what we see in the Holy Bible is Antichrist, opposite to Christ. And we who are of God must set ourselves to support the doctrines of Christ, the teachings of Christ from the New Testament Bible. And we don't go along with sin. We don't approve sin. Romans 1, verse 26. For this cause God gave them up unto vile affections. For even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. And likewise also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust one toward another, men with men working that which is unseemly and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error which was meat. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient. Matthew 5.32, Jesus says, But I say unto you that whosoever shall put away his wife, saving for the cause of fornication, causeth her to commit adultery, and whosoever shall marry her that is divorced committeth adultery. The faithful wife who remarries after her husband divorces her commits adultery upon remarriage. The husband who divorces a faithful wife will be the cause of her adultery if she remarries, and the man who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. 1 Corinthians 7 Verse 10, 
and unto the married I command, yet not I, but the Lord. Let not the wife depart from her husband, but and if she depart, let her remain unmarried, or be reconciled to her husband, and let not the husband put away his wife. Verse 39. The wife is bound by the law of the New Testament as long as her husband liveth. But if her husband be dead, she is at liberty to be married to whom she will only in the Lord. Some people in churches say, well, we don't go by the law anymore. We don't go by the law of Moses anymore. We don't sacrifice animals for sins as they did in the Old Testament. But we go by the law of God as set forth for the church in the New Testament Bible, which I have been reading to us. Romans 7, For the woman which hath an husband is bound by the law to her husband, so long as he liveth, but if the husband be dead, she is loosed from the law of her husband. So then if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. Mark 10. This is so important in Mark 10 because this is the overall concept of God putting male-female together and marriage itself. And the Pharisees came to Jesus and asked him, Is it lawful for a man to put away his wife? Tempting him. And he answered and said unto them, What did Moses command you? And they said, Moses suffered to write a bill of divorcement and to put her away. And Jesus answered and said unto them, For the hardness of your heart, he wrote you this precept. Jesus is showing them the hardness of the heart, that it may prick the heart of some of them and cause them to repent concerning divorce. Verse 6. But from the beginning of the creation God made them male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and cleave to his wife, and they twain shall be one flesh. So then they are no more twain but one flesh. What therefore God hath joined together Let not man put asunder. And in the house his disciples ask him again of the same matter. And he saith unto them, Whosoever shall put away his wife and marry another, committeth adultery against her. And if the woman shall put away her husband and be married to another, she committeth adultery. We did many sins before we were born again, but after we are born again, we are changed by Jesus, by his sacrifice, and we no longer do those sins that we did before we were born again. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, Paul says, Know ye not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived. Neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate homosexuals, nor abusers of themselves with mankind, 
nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. Concerning becoming one flesh with that other person, Paul says to the men, Know ye not that your bodies are the members of Christ? Shall I then take the members of Christ and make them the members of an harlot, a prostitute? God forbid. What? Know ye not that he which is joined to an harlot is one body? For two, saith he, shall be one flesh. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one spirit. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body, but he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. Fornication is a sin different from other sins. You become one flesh with that person through sex, sexual intercourse, and you sin against your own body. All the other sins are without the body, but this is a sin against your own body. Galatians 5, start at verse 19. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, which is participating in superstitions, clicking your drink glasses together for good luck, doing things for good luck, hatred, variance, emulations, which is uh, trying to exalt yourself above other people, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envies, murders, drunkenness, revilings, and such like, of the which I tell you before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. It is so important for us to review these scriptures regularly. For you will see these sins on TV, in books. You will even see them at the workplace as people talk about their lover that they're living with or trying to find a lover to live with or sometimes even homosexuals and lesbians. You will have these sins, these biblical sins, flaunted in front of your face. And before long, your fleshly feeling of love for that person who is sinning will overcome the scriptures if you're not careful. And you will begin to think, well, maybe it isn't that important. Maybe it's okay. Maybe I'm wrong. Or you, it will begin to sound right to you unless you keep these scriptures before you. It's not a one-time reading of the scriptures. It is a matter of continual repetition, of looking at them, to allow us to overcome. For Jesus says in Revelation chapter 3, verse 5, to him that overcometh, I will not blot out his name out of the book of life if we overcome. If we overcome through the scriptures and every one of us will appear at the judgment seat of Christ and we will be judged according to that which we've done on this earth and we must be certain 
that those things that we are approving are things that are approved by God. And we must not support the sins of the world. For we will lose reward with God if we do that. And some will even lose eternal life. For their name will be blotted out of the book of life if they fail to overcome on this present earth. So this is an extremely important message for you to consider. Paul said in the last days it would be perilous times. These are certainly perilous times as people are demanding the right to commit biblical sins. Thank you for allowing me to speak this to you today.